You're listening to the Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. so excited to share today's interview with you. It's with Karina and Elizabeth, the founders of Top It Off. This brand makes preppy clothes, accessories, shoes, and everything in between, all at an affordable price point. It's full of color, pattern, and a touch of trends too. Before I forget to mention though, you can use code PREPPYPODCAST on their site for 25% off. That's PREPPYPODCAST at topitoffaccessories.com. All right, let's dive in. All right. So Elizabeth and Karina, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me, where are you guys now? Um, Like, where are you located? And then where are you from? And what was your childhood like? This is Elizabeth, and I live in Boston. And I have been in Boston for about 25 years. I grew up in upstate New York near the Canadian border in a little teeny tiny town. Um, It was kind of like Huckleberry Finn. Everyone played together. Uh, We ran around the neighborhood. Um, We played sports. I was a total tomboy uh, and um, really loved skiing and running and playing soccer. And so... In, um, I went to college at Union College in Schenectady, New York, and while I was at Union, I decided I was going to continue my studies in French. Um, I was a math major, but I um, wanted to become fluent in French, so I did a term abroad in Rennes, France, um, wow. in my junior year, and it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And so I decided that... Uh, Well, when I graduated, we were in a recession, um, and what else should I do but move to Paris with uh, my roommate, and um, who also was a French major, and um, we would become fluent living in Paris for a year, and that turned into four. Oh my gosh, that's like (laughs) the dream. I'm so jealous of that. I actually am a French minor, but I did not live in France at all. I've visited a few times, so I'm jealous. Yeah, Um, visiting is great. Anytime you spend in France is fabulous. Oh, for sure. And what about you, Karina? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, I I also grew up in a teeny tiny uh, town, but it was on an island off of uh, uh, Mystic, Connecticut. Everybody knows Mystic Pizza, so I always mention that. It's called Fisher's Island, and it's part of New York. And we had uh, less than 250 people on the island. So it it is very small, but... um, after that, uh, I went to boarding school in Connecticut, so I got a little bit more of a bigger experience, and then went to two different colleges, uh, SUNY Binghamton in upstate New York, and then finished off at University of Connecticut, and then moved to Boston. So oh. that's, you know that's where Elizabeth and I met. Um, but after Boston, um, I am currently living in Alexandria, Virginia, so I've been down here for about 16 years, um, and uh, enjoying it so far. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you two met then. You mentioned this briefly, but what was that first experience like meeting? And then I guess how long after that did you guys decide that there was something there and you needed to start a business together? 
So Karina and I worked together at a software company in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and um, she was in sales and I was in marketing and product development. And we knew we were each doing some creative things on the side. Mm -hmm. And I remember very distinctively, I had just come back from a ski vacation. I was grabbing a cup of coffee and Karina walked up to me and said, hey, what do you think about starting a Yahoo store? So that's when Yahoo stores were really big and it was 2003. Oh yeah. And I said, oh yeah, let me think about it. Let me think about it. I was not thinking about anything, but that I was really bummed that I was back from my ski vacation, which had been amazing. And um, <laughs> so uh, I sat down at my desk and I quickly put my coffee down and walked back around the corner over to her desk and said, I'm in, let's talk about what we're going to do. Oh my gosh. That's um, amazing. Yeah. So that was, and that was in 2003. So ribbon belts were really hot. Yes. Um, I remember this. Yes. And um, Karina was sewing up a storm with ribbon belts and had all these great ideas of, of other items that we could do that were really creative. And all my friends were having babies and I was doing painting frames for them and making these growth charts. And so we decided we'd do some focus groups and see what people might like. And um, it was very clear that it was all about ribbon belts and, um, and then some of the other um, ribbon embellished product. And so um, we got going from there and then we would go to, uh, we'd run out at lunch or after work and we'd show our belts to small boutiques and gift shops that we found around town. And uh, I always remember going into one of the first places, the woman was Lynn, um, and they were in, on Charles Street um, in Boston. And um, she said, well, show me what you have. And we started taking these belts out of a bag. And then she said, um, oh, I like those. Great. I'll place an order. And we're like, oh, no, 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 you can have them here. And we just started pulling belts out of the, um, out of the basket. And um, she was one of our first accounts. Oh, my gosh. That's so fun. So, Karina, how did you come up with the idea then, like, about this Yahoo store to begin with? Was it just something trendy that you saw going on? Or um, what was sort of the inspiration behind that? Well, I think uh, the fact that Elizabeth was making something and I was making something and we both had jobs where we were pretty committed to, it was a way to start a business and mm -hmm. it was new, you know, online shopping, it was still pretty um, novel in that sense. So, um, I mean, that's basically where it came from was how are we going to, you know, let's make some money, you know, yep. um, both Elizabeth and I have entrepreneurship in our blood. And so, you know, it's not just one thing to make something. Mm -hmm. But to sell it is really exciting, um, especially when someone buys it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that's that's pretty much where it all you know came from. Was um, you know let's let's try to make a business out of it. Definitely, I love that. Um, okay, so you're making these ribbon belts, and it sounds like some other things as well. So how at first I guess you were both making them yourselves by hand and then sort of what was the transition like when you decided to you know go somewhere else and get them manufactured at a factory or something so in the spring of 2004 we had decided okay this thing has legs mm -hmm. and um and I uh, was getting married in June of 2004. And so I decided that I was going to give my notice to the company we were working at. And I kind of phased myself out over three months. They thought I was definitely coming back after my <laughs> crazy bride experience. Um, and I 
literally came home from my honeymoon and jumped on a plane and went to Atlanta where I met Karina for the Atlanta gift show. Mm -hmm. And Karina had a goal in mind of what she could do on her own. And with a few, um, women that we had uh, found uh, to do some sewing for us on a piece okay. by piece level. And I remember it so distinctively. She was like, we hit it. <laughs> <laughs> and she gave her notice uh, to our, the company that we had been working um, for uh, from the floor of the Atlanta gift show. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was, that was exciting. Yeah. Um, so exciting. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I feel like a lot of people, you know, they have this big dream to start some sort of fashion company, but they don't even know the first steps. Like it sounds like you guys, I don't know if it was your intuition to know about, you know, the Yahoo store, but then also even to know to go to Atlanta and sell your product to, um, to retail stores. So where did you learn these sorts of things? Was it just by like trial and error or was it because you said that you know entrepreneurship is kind of in your blood what do you guys think and what advice do you have on that well um certainly there is no rule book you know no handbook here that tells you how to do all this um Mm -hmm. and i think the what we learned was you know we first started off we've got the yahoo store and then we said all right let's go direct to consumer so we did some craft shows and we knew that's not what we wanted to do and then we you did research we just talked to people we, we did our okay. first show was the boston gift show and what was great about that that i i remember um was we were paired up with a mentor um and that person really helped us through you know what were the next steps what were the next shows how does it all work uh-huh. You know, when do you sell what season? All that stuff. And I, I think if we didn't have someone like that walking us through the process, it would have been a lot harder to do. And then once yeah. you get to where you're going, meaning what trade show and, and whatnot, you ask a ton of questions to people around you. And that's how you, you learn. I mean, the internet at that time um, still was not vast in the sense of the information available. Um, I mean, it was hard to find where to find factories and things like that. So, um, you know, I think the the biggest lesson learned for anyone starting is just find someone that is doing something similar to what you want to do and just ask a lot of questions and learn from it. And that's how we got to be where we are. And we're still asking quite every time we go to a show, Elizabeth and I are learning something completely new from other people around us. Yeah, I think that's so smart. And that's great advice for anyone listening. And it's interesting. So I don't think that program still exists with the shows where they set you up with a mentor, at least not in Atlanta, I haven't heard of. Um, but that sounds like that was I don't so think useful. It yeah, it was very, very, very helpful. Yeah, wow. Okay, so how would you describe Top It Off to someone who hasn't heard of it that's listening? Elizabeth, I'm going to take that one, if you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure, jump in. So um, it's, it's fun to talk about Top It Off because it's, it's affordable, it's fashion, it's easy, it's easy to wear. Um, and, you know, when you think about all those things, you think about, like, the look for less. We're, we're trying to tap into what's trendy but not too trendy because our consumer okay. is, you know, between the ages of 20 and, and 60, I would say, even a little higher. Um, and it's fun, fresh, preppy looks. We've always been that way. We don't try to go too far from one direction to the other, but we, you know, it's affordable and fun and easy. Yep. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Elizabeth, do you want to add anything to that? 
I think that Karina hit it right on, um, right on the right exactly what we're trying to do. I mean, we're trying to bring a smile um, to a woman's face when she wears top it off, make her feel confident, and that she is right on trend without breaking the bank. That's amazing. That's perfect. Um, okay, so you've been in business for over 15 years at this point, which that's amazing for brand. Congratulations. Um, how have you seen the industry change, though, and kind of what what do you kind of see in the future happening? Well, I think Karina um, mentioned a little bit of it when we started that uh, about Yahoo stores and how yeah. that, you know, that doesn't even exist anymore, right? And how the technology has changed so much and the internet has changed so much. When mm-hmm. we went to our first shows, I remember we would ask people if they had the stores, the buyers, if they had an email and they, most people looked at us like an email. No, I don't have an email. Um, or maybe I have a personal one, but I'm certainly not going to give it to you. Um, yeah. you know, so it, I think, you know, now, of course, that's the first thing that everyone gives you. They'd rather that you email, um, then or, call, yep. exactly. Or text. Um, yep. So we're getting a lot of cell phones now, uh, but I definitely think that just the development of the internet, everything from having it, uh, easy, now it's easy to create an electronic version of your catalog in a PDF. Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds so basic, but that used to be hard yeah. and um, being able to have great pictures and load them up quickly on a usable site um, that makes it easier for the buyer at a store or the direct consumer um, to make their purchasing decisions. It's mm-hmm. um, There's just so much technology out there that makes us rethink every day. You know, now we're thinking about Zoom and we've done our first virtual trade show and uh-huh. we're going to do a lot more and um, allow our reps to set up um, trade show appointments with customers where we will basically deliver a custom trade show direct to um, our line presentation direct to their customers um, and have them participate in it as well. So there's just so much that's um, that's changed. Mm-hmm. I And I really think the internet is, has kind of driven it all. That's really interesting. So can you talk a little bit more about um, these Zoom trade shows, because I feel like a lot of people listening, you know, they're entrepreneurs or they're, they want to be an entrepreneur. So I think that could be so useful to them. And it's something that everyone's kind of having to deal with right now. So what are your thoughts on that? And kind of what are you doing um, along those lines then? Yeah, Elizabeth, I'll let you talk that talk about that one, because you actually did the first one. Um, so you might as well talk about your, your format. Sure. So what we we uh, we did one, the first one that we did, we put onto YouTube. Um, okay. So we figured let's let uh, customers access it when they want to. Mm-hmm. And we really did a line presentation like we would if someone walked into our booth or our showroom space at a show. And uh, we told them about Top It Off and about the product features and try to um, – kind of mix and match the line together and um, present it in a way that a customer would be thinking about presenting it in their store. Okay. And uh, the response was really great. Uh-huh. And so we said, okay, let's start offering that to other customers. So the first um, in New England, our rep who um, represents us with boutiques and gift shops in Rhode Island uh, and 
the eastern part of Massachusetts, um, there was another, there was a show that was um, going to be postponed. So we said, okay, well, this is the great opportunity. Let's find a time that works for you and your customers. And um, we can, we'll do a virtual line presentation. And that way it can be really interactive and people can get the information that they're looking for when they need it. um, And, you know, in a time that uh, is convenient for them. That's amazing. That's just so smart and so genius. So that YouTube video, that's out there. So people listening can go and watch that to see what you did, right? Yes, it is. Awesome. Um, Okay. So it sounds like you guys, you know, you've learned so much and you've grown so much and you're always growing. Um, So what have been some of your greatest successes? I'm going to let Elizabeth talk about this one too. Uh, let's see. Greatest successes. Um, I think that we have built ourselves into a national brand is probably our greatest achievement. So as Karina said, you know, we started off thinking, well, let's do some craft shows and go direct to consumers. And that was really great for us to kind of iron out some of our um, thinking about what the market was, uh, but then to um, be a brand that's recognized throughout the gift and boutique space throughout around the country um, is something that I know that we're both very, very proud of. Um, and, you know, it's definitely been, it's had its trials and tribulations. There have been ups and downs in the market. There have been, um, there have been products that have come in that's, uh, Let's see, the extra larges are marked smalls and the smalls are marked oh, no. larges and, you know, and you can see what I'm saying and okay, how do we fix that? Because it's, uh-huh. the order is supposed to be delivered to a major customer uh, next week. So, you know, there's always um, these kind of, you always find a creative way um, to get through um, everything. Definitely. And, I think that, oh, go ahead. Oh, um, the other thing I was going to say is that one of the things that I know I'm really proud of is there have been a cup there have been a few times in our history where there's really a product category that we just put our finger we identified that it was going to be super hot we mm-hmm. introduced it and our business grew um, like doubled in size in a year wow. and that's really exciting when it's all happening and then to be able to continue the momentum not that we're doubling in size every year um i don't mean to to say that but to kind of learn from you know what it was that um that made us successful and adapt the way that we do um that we do things um internally so that we can uh keep the growth going and survive the growth Definitely. That's so interesting. So what have been some of those things that, um, that you were able to identify, um, and create that have been a huge hit? Yeah, I'll take that one. (laughs) It's fun to talk about the successes, you know, it's fun to talk about the winners. Um, we, we had, if looking back besides the ribbon belts, which was obviously the the beginning of it all, Mm -hmm. um, we, I had gone on a trip to India. I joined my husband on a business trip. And at that time, we had been um, dabbling with some Indian um, manufacturers. So I set up appointments and off I went by myself, which I probably should not have done, uh, <laughs> to Delhi, uh, 
in a car by myself um, oh my different factories and met with some people that we were working with. And we, uh, at that point, designed an entire collection of tunics, cotton tunics. And um, we launched that and that just skyrocketed for us. We became kind of like the it, the next it company in the cotton tunic cover-up world in our world. Yeah. Um, and that was really exciting. Um, so that was kind of one, one avenue. And then um, uh, we decided to design a reversible puffer vest is what we called it. Oh. And we met at a really compelling price point and uh, again, skyrocketed. I mean, we sold thousands upon, th I mean, thousands upon <laughs> thousands of these things. It was uh, exciting. And that was, yeah, that was everyone, everyone in my neighborhood, let's just say, had a reversible puffer vest they were walking around in. <laughs> and then uh, another, a few, a few years later, um, the uh, the quilted pullover, the Sherpa pullover, which is still very popular right now. Yeah. Um, we launched a whole collection of that and, you know, that just took off as well. So um, it's fun when you when you can get on a trend, do it right at the right price and, and supply it to your consumer. Um, when that all happens, it's really exciting. Definitely. It's so funny you said the tunics because I actually have one of your tunics from back in the day. I loved it. I'm a big tunic girl. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's so and funny. Pop it off. Yeah, for sure. You need to bring more of those back. I live in tunics on the side. Oh, yeah. We've got them for you. Don't worry. Oh, good. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So then, you know, kind of going the opposite direction of that, what have been some challenges? We sort of touched on these a little bit, but is there one or two specific ones that you can remember and that you might be able to give advice to others on how to either avoid them or how you can overcome these challenges? Yeah, I'll, I'll touch on that one as well. I mean, I would say the the biggest challenge is um, not being able to adapt. If you cannot adapt to what's going on around you, um, that's going to be pretty hard for your business. And I think one thing that Elizabeth and I were talking about it the other day is that, you know, it was the two of us that started. And when in doubt, both of us are pretty adaptable people. And if one wasn't, it wouldn't have worked. You know, uh, lots of people see a partnership and they go, how, do, how are you guys still business partners? Mm -hmm. and, and that's a very, very unusual thing to have a small company with two people get along well enough and run a business. Lots of them don't last. So, you know, I think, and, I, and I, you hear of lots of them not working. Um, so I think, you know, if you're going to go into business with someone, you, you got to pick someone that's going to be the right fit for you. Um, and, and be able to adapt to what's going on around you, whether it's good or bad. Definitely. I think that's great advice. I mean, most of the people that I've interviewed and even just entrepreneurs that I know, um, they're just solo entrepreneurs. It's not a partnership. And the only one, Neely and Chloe, we just um, interviewed and obviously they're sisters though. So I think that's great advice. I mean, I think there's power in numbers and having a partner, um, but you have to find the right one. And it sounds mm -hmm. like you guys did a great job with that. And I think we really bring some complementary skills to the table and a different point of view that we both are, we're both really curious and we're both mm -hmm. um, really open-minded. So when Karina says, hey, what do you think about this? Or I say, we're kind of struggling in this area. We bring a different perspective to the table um, that, and, and with keeping that open mind to, okay, we cannot just always stay on this one path that we set ahead. We got to figure out which way we need to pivot now. I think it really has been um, the key to our success. 
Definitely. That, that's great advice. Um, okay. So what's been one of your greatest marketing tools? How have you gotten the word out, you know, whether it's at the beginning or nowadays, what do you think? So I guess when we started, I would say the trade shows were really, they were really the way that we um, went out and um, got people to learn about Top It Off. Mm-hmm. And um, they were really, really important. I think now more and more um, social media um, is one of the most important things that we're doing right now. And we're, we've kind of, um, right now we're doing kind of a reset to say, okay, let's look at everything we're doing in social media um, and let's figure out how we, um, we raise the bar and um, mm-hmm. we up our game so that we can better communicate um, with our stores, that we can give them more of our digital assets so that they can use them for their social media posts um, and that we also... Um, are doing a better job connecting with um, the consumer. Um, I know Patricia, we were talking too about influencers and yeah. um, you know, and thinking about influencers and how they can help um, expand um, brand awareness for us and um, and hopefully you know ultimately drive more purchases, whether that be direct with us or whether that be a consumer seeing our brand in one of their favorite gift shops um, or boutiques, and so. Um, that's becoming um, a really um, uh, it's becoming more and more important all the time Um, and then lastly I would say that uh, it kind of goes back to Karina's point about us being curious is Mm -hmm. that we have been really good at listening to what our customers are saying Um, and that's uh, and I think that's been one of the keys to our successes as well is that we love our product, um, but we're always listening to our customer and to our sales rep and to our buyers of what are what are they seeing? What could we be doing? What are we missing? Um, where where do they see um, where do they see an opportunity? And when we were talking about tunics. Um, there was uh, a time in the marketplace, and I remember Karina came back from a meeting with um, one of our accounts, and she said, you know, we've got this one tunic and everyone loves it, but our this customer, Kate, is saying that if we introduced a tunic with a few less bells and whistles, but at a lower price point, there it would open up to a whole new segment of customers. Mm-hmm. Um, And that was really missing for her. And so we immediately started executing against that. Um, And for a while, you know, tunics were hot and then everyone got into them and everything got oversaturated and we got out of it too. And um, last year, we heard so many of our customers saying to us, can you please back that tunic? And so (laughs) that's what we did this year. Um, And, you know, we just updated it. So it um, it was... Uh, our Lexi York tunic before and this year it's the tidal wave tunic and we just you know we put some a different slit on the side and updated the neckline and put a tab sleeve on it but it's a very similar body um, mm-hmm. to what we had done five years ago um, so constantly listening to what the customer is asking for and figuring out how we can deliver it to them at a price point that they're going to love um, has really been important to us. That's a great answer. I feel like not everyone 
says, you know, the customer's so important and they're also a form of your marketing, which is so true. And it's great that you guys are listening um, to your customers' needs and wants and kind of adapting to that. So my next question for you guys is what's your design process like? Can you talk us through that, you know, from idea or inspiration of something to finally getting it to the consumer? What's that process like and kind of what's the, the timeline that it takes? Yeah, it, it takes a long time. What a lot of people don't realize is that, yeah. um, and we've gotten better and better and better at figuring this all out. So currently right now, it is spring 20, spring, summer 2020, and we are designing spring, summer 2021. Um, so we've gotten to the point where when you're in a season, you're designing the next season, which is much uh, easier to do than being in a cold climate and designing for warm weather. So when you're in it, you're seeing the trends that are currently happening right now. They're happening on Instagram. They're happening on TV. um, They're happening out on the streets. And you can see what people are wearing. And for the most part, trends don't just disappear. They have a lifespan, Mm -hmm. anywhere between a year to three years. So if something is really popular that we're not doing now, we look at it and we say, A, is it a fit for our customer? Would she wear it? Would she like it? Um, We like it, but what do we need to tweak to it? What colors, you know, what size, what pattern? Um, And and let's take it to our, our manufacturers and which manufacturer would be the right one and which manufacturer is really good at doing knits or wovens or cotton or accessories. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking at what's around you, talking to your customers and really looking at what um, our our customer base is wearing and liking um, helps us determine what we're gonna focus on. We always have to focus on something new. If we just did what worked, it would be a little stale. So um, looking at trends is really important to us. Um, it does take about 12 months to go from inception to, to someone actually buying it off our website or at a store and putting it on their body. That's impactful. Such, such good advice that um, I think it really paints the picture for everyone. And I was saying this earlier to Elizabeth, you know, it's great that you guys are designing so far in advance. I'm always on top of my um, clients trying to get them to design further and further in advance, but it's so hard. And so that you guys have nailed that down is great. And I would say for anyone listening that, you know, wants to design to try to stay ahead, like you guys are, it's just mm-hmm. so smart because you can see what people are doing and um, wearing right now. Absolutely. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. And, you know, we, ha- when we first started, we weren't always, um, we weren't always that far in advance. Uh, and uh, what we always tried to do every season is, okay, that season, how did it go? Let's look back. What could we do differently? How could we do it faster? Um, when should we start now? And we, we usually begin um, a beginning of a season saying, all right, when do we need to have this product mm-hmm. uh, in our warehouse? And let's work back. Um, and so, uh, you know, that, like Karina said, we're really starting about 12 months before, um, anyone's wearing our products for that given season. Yeah. That's so smart. So let's talk about your current spring summer collection right now. Um, it's pastel inspired, right? I believe that's what I read. So what was, you know, more of the inspiration behind that collection specifically? So we went to... Atlanta in, let's see, we would have gone in, it was the summer, uh, last summer, 
Um, and we were starting to show a little bit. No, I actually, it was, we were showing our spring line. Um, it was July of 2019 and we were showing our spring summer 2019 collection. Okay. And we were also pre-selling our fall collection, which um, we do as well. And um, our customers were saying to us, what do you think about pastels? And our reps were saying to us, hey, I think these prints are fantastic. What do you think if you guys mix it up and do some pastels? And it just came from everywhere, um, every direction. And we came back from the show and um, everyone in our team in a debrief said, we need to do pastels. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was just so apparent. Um, it was a no brainer. And, um, and so uh, we got working on pastels and thinking about, you know, fun um, prints that are uh, whimsical and how could we just think of it with a slightly different color palette. Um, we know blues are a favorite of our customers in the spring. Mm -hmm. We know they absolutely love their pinks and their, um, you know, their tangerines. And, um, and we were looking and saying, wow, mint really seems to be super hot. Um, the, both last year and then coming into this year. Uh, so um, that sort of um, became uh, the direction that we we went with um, for a lot of our print designs and our color palette. Wow, that, that's so smart doing pastels after everyone told you to. I mean, I think that's so, so genius. And even though it's so obvious, but to actually listen to what people are saying, I think is something that sets you guys apart, that you are listening to what everyone's suggesting and saying that they want to wear and that they can't find or that they're looking for um, is great. And, and as you said, it seems so obvious, but it isn't yeah. always the easiest thing to do. Um, exactly. But, you know, because people are saying lots of things and there's lots that's out there. And, um, and we, as Karina mentioned earlier, we're always thinking about, okay, well, what's our twist on it? Um, and what will she really want? Um, you know, our customer who's wearing top it off versus um, what's really hot and trendy that perhaps she doesn't want to wear. Um, yeah. So we're, you know, we're looking, we're looking for how do we, um, you know, really put our, our mark kind of like a, a classic with a twist um, style uh, to every piece we do. I love that. Okay, so let's go back to she you just mentioned. So your customer. Can you talk a little bit about who your Top It Off customer generally is? Well, she's a lot of fun. <laughs> of course. She likes to be comfortable. Um, she really enjoys the fit of our clothes and, and the look of our accessories. They're colorful. While we have pastels, we've also been known for bold colors as well. Um, she's... Uh, I would say 20 and older, a, a large number of our customers kind of run in the 30 to 40 year old. Okay. Um, so it's been really fun about Instagram in the past few months is that we've touched on an entirely new base of younger customers. Yeah. Um, she's absolutely preppy. So it's appropriate for us to be talking to you. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> is a fun word. It is, it's a, it's a fun style. It's classic. Um, but Whimsical as well, um, mixing really bright colors together. Um, and then in the fall, doing, you know, more natural tones and, and plaids. Um, it's a classic look that really just does not go out of style. It's something that you can buy and, you know, 10 years from now, like you said, you have a vintage tunic, wear yep. it again. I met with um, a few days ago, I met with a local uh, 
blogger here. Um, and she walked in wearing a vintage top it off tunic with a ruffle around the collar and it looked fantastic. Um, and, and she was in her forties. Um, and she looked great. Uh, she tried on a bunch of our stuff and she's going to be, you know, posting about it. Um, and her customer likes that look. So, you know, I think, um, certainly she's, she's just an outgoing, fun, comfortable wearing person. Um, Mm -hmm. and we've tapped into her. That's great. Elizabeth, is there anything you want to add or? I think that Karina hit it right <laughs> yeah. on the head. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> she she drew a picture in my head. I can picture exactly who she is. Yeah. Um, okay, so then who would be your dream customer to, you know, wear your clothes or accessories? It could be a celebrity or a royal or an influencer, maybe someone, you know, that's iconic and might not be with us any longer or someone today. That's a great question. Uh, I would say the first person that comes to my mind is Jennifer Garner. And um, if I think about Jennifer Garner, she's a mom, like Karina Mm -hmm. and I are, and like many of our customers are. Um, She's an entrepreneur. Um, She is... uh, she is, she's an activist. She's involved in a lot of children's, um, focused, uh, work. And, um, and so, and she's always got that confident look. She's very independent. She's strong. Um, and well, she's absolutely beautiful, always with that gorgeous smile on her face. So (laughs) if I think about, um, someone, I would say, yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Garner. She's a great pick. What about you, Karina? Yeah, you know, it. Um, I really like her a lot. <laughs> she's. Uh, I would love for her to wear Top It Off. Um, I think she would be really representing the line properly. Yeah, she, she's gorgeous. I feel like she also is approachable. Like, everyone loves following her because she keeps it real. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. real. That's such a great word. Like, if I yeah. think of her, I think she's a real person that you can just imagine bumping into on the street, uh, you know, walking around with her kids or mm-hmm. whatever, um, kind of living life the way so many of us live it. Definitely. Okay, what's one piece of advice you would give to an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe, um, you know, someone that is an entrepreneur right now? Yeah, uh, it definitely, it's it's a three-pronged uh, piece of advice. <laughs> um, you absolutely cannot be afraid of working hard. I mean, if, yep. you're, if you're interested in a nine-to-five, then don't be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's number one. Number two, adaptable, for sure. Uh, again, if you like things to always be constant, if that is comforting to you, don't be an entrepreneur. Um, I know these are all kind of don't be this, but it's really (laughs) to, to identify what it means to be an entrepreneur, because it is so very different than what most people think it is. Um, lastly, I think, you know, a problem solver, if you're not afraid to make, uh, to attempt to solve problems, then yeah, you're probably good at being an entrepreneur. If that intimidates you, then you shouldn't be. Um, but the, there are people I've spoken to that I have helped develop their business down here who are just starting off um, with a business concept. Um, some have started with somebody else and then that failed, as I mentioned mm-hmm. before, and now, now they're on their own. And the thing that I address over and over and over again is you have absolutely no idea how much time it will take you to get to where you want to be. 
Yeah. Um, and, and be prepared because if you think doing something five hours a day is going to cut it, it's not. Um, so it's tough love advice, but I think people need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. Elizabeth, is there anything you need to add? I guess I would add, and it probably goes along with that problem solving piece is that you really have to believe that you can do anything. Um, So you have to walk into it with an open mind and have the confidence. You will constantly be in firefighter mode. Um, Mm -hmm. We're always on the steep learning curve. I mean, still 16 years into it. (laughs) There's always something new. You can't just stay like rest on your laurels and expect to be around next year. You've got to be constantly um, reinventing yourself and, um, and just having the confidence to, um, take on all those new challenges um, is certainly, I think that's been really critical to us. Definitely. I mean, entrepreneurship isn't for the weak of heart, but if you love what you do, then it doesn't feel like work and it's so worth it, you know? Definitely. Definitely. All right. So what's each of your favorite piece on the website right now? Oh, for me, it's a skort. Definitely the skort. I think that's part of it because I'm dreaming about having some nice summer <laughs> weather here in Boston, and we've got it. We're getting little tastes of it here and there. Um, but it's uh, this. I absolutely love our skort because it's so easy to wear. The prints are so fun. It has pockets, which is just absolutely oh. the best. Yep. Um, and it really and truly is what I live in all summer long. What about you, Karina? Yeah, um, so our skort is made of this wrinkle-resistant material, which is fantastic, so I don't have to worry about it shoved in my closet on the floor. <laughs> but but it, So the material that we make it out of, there's a dress that I love called the Nora dress. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's very flattering, so you can just like literally throw it on and run out to dinner. Um, and it's three-quarter sleeve. It's got a little ruffle, so it's flirty and fun. Um, it's a little little on the shorter side, so if you're feeling good with your legs, that's great. Um, and it just it covers everything up in the right places. Those both sound really adorable. I need to check them out. All right, so what's next for you guys at Top It Off? Spring 2021, like I was talking <laughs> about. It, um, we, are, we are in it, and we've got this really exciting new print that is appropriate for your listeners. It's called Tropical Prep. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds beautiful. And you can't get any more preppy. It's pink and green. Um, and, <laughs> uh, it's it's great. We we haven't um, we haven't done a pink and green combo in a while. Um, okay. You know, our logo is pink and green, um, and we are, we decided to go for it. So we're going to be doing it in all of our travel collection um, in you know, these great palazzo pants that we introduced this year. Um, uh, so in terms of, um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say also the cotton tunic. Yeah, is going exactly. to in that print as well. Oh, my favorite. Uh, so you know that's like the new sort of like style side of what what's next for us. And then um, in terms of like business side, um, we're really focusing on a social media strategy. Um, Instagram influencers uh, helping building the brand with giveaways, mm-hmm. um, try-ons. 
Um, all that has really been um, new. It's newer for us and we're focusing on it and we're really seeing the benefit of it. Uh, doing podcasts, we've never thought of doing a podcast and someone on our team, Kate, who you're familiar with, yeah. um, suggested we do it. And, and this is great, it's a lot of fun, you know, talking about what we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then obviously learning about new ideas, new things that we can do for, the, for next season um, and, and new things we can implement this year for building the brand. Um, so there's a lot on our plate for what's next, but it's great. Definitely. It sounds like you guys are always, you know, changing and adapting. And I think that is what's keeping you guys doing so well. Yeah. If you think All about right, our so line, final... I was just going to say, if you think about our line, um, it's, uh, our collection always has to be fresh. So that's what we're always, we're just thinking about how do we look at, come up with fresh styles, fresh prints, fresh colors, and freshen up the way we do business. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's perfect. All right. So final question here, where can people find you? Let us know your social media handle, your website address, all of that good stuff. So our website address is topitoffaccessories.com. You can find us on Facebook as Top It Off Accessories, Instagram, Top It Off Accessories. Am I right on that one, Karina? Yep, Top It Off. Uh, our YouTube account is Top It Off Inc. Okay. What else about that? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn as well. Awesome. And that's Top It Off Accessories too then? Uh, it's Top It Off Inc. Inc. Okay, got it. Well, that is great. So everyone be sure to check out Top It Off Accessories. Um, and if anyone you know has any questions, can they shoot you an email on your website? Of course. Send it to fashion at topitoffaccessories.com. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so fun to talk with you. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.